Hi everyone, and welcome back to Endopod. For those of you who are new here, my name is Lewis Mitchell, I'm a third year medical student. In today's episode, we'll be covering testicular cancer to continue on with our cancer series. So if you haven't had a chance to yet, please go check out the last episode by Nina, where she covers tumours of the pituitary gland. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the epidemiology, classification, diagnosis and management of testicular cancer. Let's start off by looking at the epidemiology of testicular cancer. Compared to other types of cancer, testicular cancer is rare, but there are still about 2,400 new cases of testicular cancer in the UK each year, with the average age of diagnosis being 28 years old. Testicular cancer can be thought of as a cancer of younger men, as the incidence increases steeply until age 30 to 34 years old, before rapidly declining. Rates of testicular cancer are significantly higher in young white males when compared to any other age group or ethnicity. Let's now look at the classification of the different types of testicular cancer. There are many different types of testicular cancer. Over 90% of these originate from germ cells. These are the cells that create the reproductive cells called gametes. And the germ cell tumours are classified as either seminomas or non-seminomas. But you do need to bear in mind that mixed germ cell tumours are treated the same as non-seminomas as they follow the same pattern of growth and spread as non-seminomas tumours. Now let's have a closer look at the types and features of seminomas. More than 95% of seminomas are known as classical seminomas, and these typically present in men aged 25 to 45. These are slow growing and take longer to spread to other areas of the body. Spermatocytic seminomas are rare and tend to occur in the elderly. These grow even slower than classical seminomas and very rarely spread to other areas of the body. Seminomas can raise levels of human chorionic gonadotrophin. This is a hormone that stimulates the testicles to produce testosterone and sperm, allowing the testicles to grow in size over time. So this can be considered a tumour marker in some cancers to monitor the efficacy of treatments. Now we can talk about non-seminoma testicular cancers. These types of germ cell tumours usually occur in men between their late teens and early 30s. The four main types of non-seminoma tumours are embryonal carcinoma, yolk sac carcinoma, choriocarcinoma and teratoma. Most tumours are, in, a, in reality, a mix of different types. This doesn't usually affect treatment. 3-4% of testicular cancers are embryonal carcinomas, and these cancers tend to grow rapidly before spreading to other areas of the body. These raise the blood levels of alpha-fetoprotein, or AFP, which is normally produced in the liver during fetal development and become absent in the adult stage. And it also raises HCG levels, so these are considered tumour biomarkers. Yolk sac carcinomas are the most common form of childhood testicular cancer, but these are rare in adulthood. Yolk sac carcinomas respond well to chemotherapy, even after they've spread to other areas of the body. And AFP can be used as a tumour marker. Choriocarcinomas are a rare and fast-growing type of cancer that is highly likely to metastasize to other areas of the body. These commonly present a mixed germ cell tumour, but pure choriocarcinomas have a poor prognosis as they have a poor response to treatment. HCG can also be used as a marker for choriocarcinomas. And finally, teratomas. There are three different types of teratomas, which under a microscope look like the three germ layers of embryonal development. So is the endoderm, mesoderm and ectoderm. Pure teratomas are rare and have no effect on tumour biomarker levels, but teratomas are common in mixed germ cell tumours. 
Tumours originating from connective or endocrine tissue in the testicles are known as gonadal stromal tumours. These are responsible for less than 5% of adult tumours, but up to 20% of childhood testicular cancers. The most common form of stromal tumours are Leydig cell and Sertoli cell tumours. Leydig cells are cells which normally produce the male sex hormones, testosterone and other androgens. However, when these cells form tumours, they can produce androgens and estrogens, these are female sex hormones. Leydig cell tumours can develop in people of all ages. Most Leydig cell tumours are benign, this means they are non-invasive, and they rarely metastasize, and these are often cured by orchidectomy. This is a surgical procedure to remove the testicle. But if these tumours spread, the prognosis becomes poor, as these tumours have a poor response to both chemo and radiotherapy. Sertoli cells facilitate the progression of sperm cells to become spermatozoa by nourishing the sperm-making germ cells. Sertoli cell tumours are often benign, but like Leydig cell tumours, if they metastasize, they respond poorly to chemo and radiotherapy. Testicular cancers typically only affect one testicle, so symptoms are normally one-sided. But symptoms do include a lump in the testicle, a feeling of heaviness in the scrotum, a dull ache in the abdomen or pelvis, hydrocele, this is a collection of fluid in a sac in your scrotum next to the testicle, Testicular pain or discomfort, enlargement of breast tissue and back pain are also symptoms of testicular cancer. If you find a lump in your testicles when checking them, as is advised to do at least monthly, check the top link of the episode description for more information on how to do this. So if you find a lump, please contact your GP to get yourself checked out by a medical professional. Diagnosis is typically made for a range of tumour marker tests such as AFP and HCG, as well as a scrotal ultrasound. Biopsy is not used in testicular cancer, as there is a risk of seeding through needle core biopsy. This is a rare occurrence when the needle inserted into the tumour during a biopsy dislodges and spreads cancer cells, which upstages the cancer. So, histology, the study of anatomy under the microscope, is only used after removal of the testicle through orchidectomy. There are three main types of testicular cancer treatment, chemotherapy, radiotherapy and surgery. Surgery involves an orchidectomy to remove the cancerous testicle. It is important to know that orchidectomy does not result in infertility, but there is a risk of a surgical complication causing this. The treatment used is dependent on the staging and type of cancer, but in many cases chemotherapy is used after orchidectomy to reduce the chance of relapse. In most cases, the risk of recurrence of the tumour is low, and there is monitoring of the tumour markers to keep an eye on this. But in 2% of men who have an orchidectomy for testicular cancer, they will develop a cancer in their remaining testicle. Thankfully in the UK, testicular cancer has a 95% survival rate for one year, with the highest rate of survival coming from early stage 1 diagnosis. But half of all men diagnosed with testicular cancer will require some form of chemotherapy. But this still has a high rate of one year survival above 90%. Fortunately though, if the cancer is found to have spread upon diagnosis, the relative 5 year survival rate reduces to 73%. In summary, testicular cancer is a relatively rare type of cancer, which usually presents one-sided in younger men, with the average age of diagnosis being 28 years old. There's many types of cancer, but there are three main treatment options dependent on the stage and type of tumour. Prognosis is favourable, with 95% of men surviving one year after diagnosis. Thank you for listening this week and stay tuned in for our next episode. Please do follow us on our Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Please like and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you have any requests for future podcasts, please let us know. Thank you once again.
As a disclaimer, Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society is a student-led organisation and the content provided through Endopod is solely for informative purposes. This does not replace the advice of any doctor or any other healthcare professional. The students involved in the making of this episode are in the third year of their medical studies. All the information provided in this episode was researched on appropriate resources. To view these, please check the episode description. Thank you.